Hey friends, welcome to Multifamily Mondays with me, Pam again. So someone sent in a question and asked me to talk about how my life is from an engineer to multifamily um, investor slash executive or owner of my own business. Basically, they asked me to tell my story, how I got to where I am now and what's next. So I started off as an aerospace and mechanical engineer by trade. So I did that for about 10 years. And what made me kind of jump ship into this was a multitude of things. But number one, I saw my dad getting ill pretty often before his retirement age. And he always wanted to travel the world when he retired. He always talked about when I retire, I'm going to do this. When I retire, I'm going to do that. Unfortunately, his health didn't really catch up to his um, age when he was about to retire. So I thought, gosh, there's got to be a different way to do it. And then at work, while I was doing so many fun technical engineering stuff, uh, I mean, I really had fun guys. I was working for Boeing, I had Airbus, Lockheed Martin. We worked on some of the projects that I can't share, but it's just so exciting to get your brain juices going and to admire at the the wonderful life that we have and just the human brain and how we evolved and created things to fly, for example, or to go into outer space. I mean, how cool is that? Like, we have so many smart people uh, from generations ago to now, right? So I, anyways, I'm marveling at all of that science and math, but I really loved it so much, but I got tired of working longer and longer hours. So it started off as like eight hours a day, maybe 10, 12 and 14 sometimes because I was managing teams in um, India and Singapore and France. Um, and so you had to catch, uh, catch them at their time zones. So you either woke up early then worked the full day and then you stayed late to talk to the other teams or you end up missing those important team meetings and then your projects are delayed and then you get reamed by your project managers or um, program managers. So I started to realize that, hey, I, you know, I'm in my younger 20s. I have all the energy in the world. And back then, you know, uh, we could like go party hardy, maybe we'd go to Vegas or something and then come back in the next day and roll straight into work at like 5 a.m. And we'd be OK. We could like get our stuff done and, and then go home. Um, but you realize that as you get older, you can't really do that anymore. Or maybe you want to have a family and maybe you start to value your health your balance of life more. And so that was something that started to hit me slowly that while I enjoyed all that extra responsibilities, if you will, and the technical stuff and all the fun traveling that I got to do on the company's dime, I started thinking, why not just do it when I want to go, not because the company needed me to travel. And so that's kind of what sparked my interest in finding a different way to replace my earned income, guys. And I didn't know that at the time that was called trying to find passive income, uh, like a passive income investing stream, so to speak, where the money comes in without me having to go run out and trade my hours to get that earned income because time is money and time is valuable that you can't buy back, especially when you're aging. Right. And for me at the time, I wanted to eventually have a family. And I didn't want to be uh, in a position where if I woke up early and left the house early, I wouldn't see my kiddos wake up. Or if I got back home from work late, I wouldn't be able to tuck them in, for example. I was afraid of missing out on their milestones, their developmental phases and everything. I wanted to be around for that and 
basically work when I wanted to work, how I wanted to work, and traveled when I wanted to. So I started researching different ways of doing that. A lot of people do, what is it? Day trading, options trading, or whatever it is. Guys, I honestly, I'm professing here, I know nothing about stocks, bonds and all that stuff, mutual funds or whatever. That is not my specialty. Um, but I remember kind of like looking at that and I was like, bleh, so boring. So no thanks, did not have passion for that. And then uh, read about, I think it was, shoot, what is it? Life insurance, term insurance stuff. I don't know. I forgot. It's been so long ago because it's uh, at, it was at Borders Bookstore and they're long out of business. And in that section, that's when I bumped into the commercial real estate investing book uh, for dummies. And that was kind of like when I was mind blown, I was like, oh, my gosh, um, I always thought commercial real estate was like big, tall buildings like skyscrapers um, and big old like fancy uh, malls and shopping centers. I didn't know that apartment complexes are part of that, too. So that's the asset class that kind of drew interest, like for me, like I just was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Um, and it sounds fun, but there are so many different asset classes under commercial real estate as well, guys. So don't feel like you have to just do multifamily only. There's even mixed use multifamily th these days. And some people are making a killing off of that where they build apartments on top and then they have little storefronts at the bottom. So it's almost like a mini resort for their tenants, if you will. Um, so anyways. Uh, read that book and I was like, all right, this is it. This is what I want to do. And let's go take a, a gamble, meaning not gamble my money away, but let's go learn and see if I really want to do this. Um, let me backtrack a little bit. I forgot to share that at some point when I was exploring doing different things. Uh, I also, um, I was in Seattle at that time. Yeah, state of Washington. I was working for Boeing. I had extra time in the evenings because when you're single, I mean, besides from happy hours, parties and dinners and whatnot, I mean, you still have a lot of time to yourself as in you can go work out when you want, you can travel when you want. And I thought, well, you know, picking up the discipline from college that I had and the love for learning, I thought I'd pick up a new skill set. So I wanted to be a traveling nurse because I thought it'd be fun to travel around and help people. So I got my uh, CNA. And turns out when I was doing my hours, my rotating hours, um, I had to go to a couple hospices, long-term care facilities. Um, I couldn't handle it emotionally. Every day I'd come home crying because the next day or, or whatnot, like some of my patients would, would not make it or they wouldn't be there anymore. I still remember some of the most, um, to me, impactful patients were the vets um, who unfortunately didn't have any family. Or I remember one time one of the patients just really was lonely and just wanted someone to play the guitar. I didn't know how to play, but I was like, whatever, I'll do what it takes uh, to just give him like 10 minutes of just happiness in a sense of just hearing someone try to strum the guitar. So I, I tried to play something for him and I was glad I did that because the next day I came back, he was no longer with us. And so it was stuff like that that really shook me to the core where I was like, okay, I don't think I can be a nurse. So thank you to all the doctors and nurses and everyone providing health care for everyone. I know I cannot do that because I would be crying every day and <laughs> be so depressed. Um, so I tried that as well. And I was like, OK, nope. So then that's when I started uh, doing um, real estate investing or learning about it. So by then I was in San Diego. And I remember that back then we didn't have meetup.com. By the way, guys, that's a good website if you want to 
meet others and even digitally meet people from across the country uh, to do their little like networking events and learning from one another. Um, back then they didn't have that. So I just Googled literally like real estate club near me. <laughs> and back then Google wasn't even all that great either. It was, um, there were still Ask Jeeves. I don't know if, if any of you guys remember that. <laughs> My team's laughing in the background here of how dorky I am, but <laughs> it's the truth. Um, Anyway, so, you know, that's how I found my local real estate clubs to just go explore and meet others. And it was scary, but I pushed myself out there to just see what was out there. And I remember the first club I attended was at this. Uh, this is in San Diego. It was at the Scottish Rite location is right off the gosh, I forgot the freeway already, but it's near Mission Valley, guys. So that's that's where it was. Um. And the person presenting was a, a so-called expert on storage unit rentals. And then the following person was an expert on um, mobile home parks. So none of it really appealed to me, but I just started thinking, it was like, oh my gosh, there's so much more to this than just multifamily and how fun everyone's doing it in their own way. They don't give a crap of how they're doing it. Meaning they found what works for them, and they're just chugging along. And so eventually that's how I, I kind of started getting confident in like trying to do something different during my free uh, during my free hours that I wasn't working. So I would spend evenings aside from well, I was single then. So maybe aside from dating or, you know, going to parties or happy hours, I would go to these networking events. And then in the mornings, I would make calls like be, I'd wake up early to catch the East Coast time brokers to make calls to try to just get used to calling and understanding the lingo and seeing what type of properties are out there. And then during my lunch break, um, after eating lunch with my coworkers, I would go to my car and just read whatever book I was learning about uh, real estate investing on. So that was a lot of time spent on just honing in on the craft. So basically any free time I had, it was spent reading, attending uh, educational events or trying to find a mentor. And I've talked about having a mentor, the pros and cons in a separate podcast episode already. So you can, you can go listen to that one. But in a nutshell, to me, it was very important to get a mentor because I was very impatient. I'm a type, almost like a type A. It's like, if I want it, I want it now. And I pretty much wanted it yesterday. So let's go get it. <laughs> so I, I decided to chase after Peter Harris. Um, who is the author of Commercial Real Estate Investing for Dummies. And basically, that's how everything changed for me. He was very instrumental in helping me purchase my first property. But here's the key thing, guys, that people seem to forget. Depending on whoever you get for your mentor or your, uh, your consultant or whatnot, the work comes from you, 100% from you. You need to own up to it. You need to be proactive and you need to show up. So they're not going to really help you. They're just guiding you. But and, and a good mentor will know that they will know that they just show you a little bit of this and you run off and do it. And they know that one day you'll go off and do it on your own and they will root for you and share for you. That's the biggest difference between a good mentor and a bad mentor. OK. And so for me, I felt like I had I had a wonderful mentor. And and the fact that he was like a previous engineer, it was amazing because we could talk the same lingo, if you will. Like he just understood how my brain worked because he is kind of like a nerd like me too. Um, so 
in a nutshell, guys, what I'm trying to say is that we're all looking for that like blueprint or that, oh, what's the easiest way? Oh, this person did it this, this way, so I'm going to try it that way. It's just start taking a step and just say, okay, I like how this person did it. Maybe I'll try it this way. And if it doesn't work, play it through first. And if it doesn't work, then try something different. But don't go in thinking that if you ever like find an expert or you sign up for some sort of like, I don't know, I think Grant Cardone has his whole business program or whatever, like it's uh, you work with his team and whatnot. Like if you go in, you better go in like all in. You show up, you do everything so you can succeed. Right. But if you're like, I'm paying to join this, but I'm not going to but I'm not doing anything about it and I expect success, then I'm sorry, you're going to be SOL. Okay. That's the, that's the same thing with everything in life. You have to show up, do the work yourself. No one's going to do it for you and problem solve it yourself. So what does that lead to, guys? It leads to really having good discipline, right? And I talked about that in a different episode where I shared that um, I didn't realize how important being disciplined would really play out into the success of owning my own um, firm and being able to invest in so many properties and to create you know, this whole lifestyle that I've always wanted of being job optional to work when I want to work, how I want to work and with whoever I want to work uh, with. So uh, my story was was basically that, like I got a mentor and then I decided, you know what, I love it so much. I'm going to open up my own business um, and help my engineering buddies because my coworkers didn't really have the passion for investing in real estate like I did. Like I, I found my second passion. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. Like. I, I just want to help everyone and whatever their financial goals are, let me help you get there. And so that's why I started my multifamily investing business. And the first few people that believed in me were the engineers, my coworkers, the ones I saw every day by the cooler or worked in passing or like meaning we were in projects together and they saw how I worked and, you know, how I communicated. And I was always upfront and transparent of like, Here's how this deal is going to work. Here's what I'm looking at. Here's going to be your, your cash flow. And here's what I'm going to make. And here's what you're going to make. Are you in or are you not? And I think that's key, guys, because a lot of people make it more complicated than it needs to be. And I think that's a whole bunch of malarkey. <laughs> so if you can't write a deal on like a piece of napkin and say, this is how it works out, chuck it. Meaning do not invest with that person or that team because you need you need to be able to understand it, but also be able to simplify it such that it's simple enough that you understand the concept. If it's too convoluted, it doesn't work for me. At least that's how I approach things in life. Um, and honestly, with like I hear from so many people who just want to jump in that they're they're just wanting to the ones I saw every day by the cooler or worked in passing or like meaning we were in projects together and they saw how I worked and you know, how I communicated and I was always upfront and transparent of like, here's how this deal is going to work. Here's what I'm looking at. Here's going to be your, your cash flow, And here's what I'm going to make. And here's what you're going to make. Are you in or are you not? And I think that's key guys. Cause a lot of people make it more complicated than it needs to be. And I think that's a whole bunch of malarkey. <laughs> so if you can't write a deal on like a piece of napkin and say, this is how it works out, chuck it. Meaning do not invest with that person or that team. Because you need, you need to be able to understand it, but also be able to simplify it such that it's simple enough that you understand the concept. If it's too convoluted, it doesn't work for me. At least that's how I approach things in life. Um, and honestly, with, uh, like I hear from so many people who just want to jump in that they're, they're just wanting to buy a single family home and then slowly through time convert it you know, to multifamily where it's five units or more. Uh, let me talk a little bit about that right now. Um, 
It's okay to do that. It's just not what I highly recommend. But you do you, right? It's all good. Who cares? If that's what you firmly believe you want to do, then you should do it. But I highly recommend you don't. If you truly want to be successful in multifamily investing, you need to go bigger and you need to learn how to work with others. That is the key thing. People who go into single family homes are afraid to work with others and they want to keep the money in-house only with themselves or with another person. And so it just takes longer to scale because you can scale more easily when you have more than one person coming in or two people coming in on the deal, guys, and you get to spread the wealth. The saying is true that, you know, caring or sharing is caring because truly you will grow in abundance the more you bring in. But you, obviously there's that trust factor. So I understand um, if you're like me, you didn't grow from like, you know, a tree with with dollar dollar bills everywhere. Um, all your hard-earned money you are going to question like hey can we trust each other or whatnot um but hey that's your journey to go through but i just highly recommend you think about just literally jumping into five units and above and i did spend a uh, i think i have an episode about the benefits of owning five units and above versus under um in a different episode so check that out as well but truly the benefits are tremendous from like you know being able to scale up faster which which means you can retire faster guys truly that's why I was able to retire uh, pretty fast. And um, not only that, but you get favorable lending terms. So when you're in the real estate, residential real estate side, um, you tap out of your, your credit score very quick. Whereas if you're on the commercial real estate side, your lenders aren't looking at your credit score so much as how the property will perform and your, uh, your track record on how successful you've been. So that's kind of a perk. Because could you imagine if you're if you're just like buying single family homes, I think you like tap out at like, I don't know, maybe 12 homes or something or whatever it may be, because every time you have to run a credit check, a credit score check, and that's all they're basing it on. And so if you're just working, you know, normal income or maybe you're a doctor and you make like, I don't know, two hundred thousand dollars a year um, at some point, you're going to run out of uh, of capital and you're going to run out of credit to support the single family home. Uh, adventure, which already takes longer to reach your financial freedom. Because imagine single family homes are, as it says, single. So versus multifamily, which is like obviously more than single. So meaning you can scale it up so much faster, guys, one versus a multitude. So think of it as that. It's like if you have one quarter versus, I don't know, four quarters, you're going to grow that exponentially so much faster when you work together as a team. Um, so that's my story, guys. I, I found a mentor, started investing, and brought in my my close knit co engineering coworkers for my first few deals. And through them, they helped spread the word to their family and friends, and their family and friends, and uh, spread the word to their network and so forth. And that took time, and that's how I grew it. Uh, in ten years, and knock on wood here. That we keep going um, during the pandemic there were so many people or colleagues that lost a lot of tenants or they were struggling to be able to pay the mortgages and whatnot we stayed at a hundred percent occupancy guys it was amazing and I can't take full credit for that it was my property management team they were the ones knocking on the doors being proactive giving out um, PPEs to people like hey do you need masks we have masks don't even worry about paying for it we got you stay safe if you need food checking in on our elderly tenants or the tenants who have kids who couldn't go to school or couldn't afford to buy iPad um, I remember I I okayed like or I approved 
a budget to just purchase um, little tablets or iPads for all the children in one of our uh, communities. And it's just a small gesture that you can make for your tenants. And guys, what I found out is that when you have happy tenants, you have happy property managers, you have happy vendors, you have a happy Pam, which is good, and you have a happy team in the company, and then your investors are happy too because they're making a lot of money because you end up slowly increasing the cash flow because your tenants are willing to pay higher rents to live in a happier community, guys. And then on top of that, all our, all our um, communities, knock on wood again, we have a wait list. We've had it for a while. We've had it even before the pandemic because it's by word of mouth. So all I'm trying to say is make, make those changes with a kind heart and with compassion and you can still be successful. Yes, there are slumlords out there. I'm trying to eradicate them truly um, with small steps here because it's only one me and my team. But I know that there are a lot of good people out there who are also doing it for a good cause. But there are more, more slumlords that I'd like to deal with. But hey, uh, we'll get there, right? Small changes with small steps. And so if you're in this business, guys, just remember that at the end of the day, your tenants are human beings too. So is your team. And so are you. So think about the best way of how you want to create that culture and how you want to help one another out. Um, so that's kind of how I approach my, my business. I, I wrote a business plan as well. And I know it sounds very hippie-ish of just like being holistic or being just kind and all that, but I could give two craps about what other people think. I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, who's, who's running the show? It's, it's us, right? For our, our management team. And we're happy. I think that's really important and that says something. Um, but you know, you guys can find your own way to put that little flavor into your business. So write that business plan and change it as you go. Write out a strategic plan that looks out three to five years of where do you see yourself? So I'll give you an idea of what I did when I started off. It's changed dramatically since, but just to give you like starters, um, part of my strategic plan was to buy an apartment complex that was at least one unit larger than the previous purchase. So my first purchase was six units. So I challenged myself um, to find another apartment complex that, that fit the criteria for my investors and myself that was at least one unit bigger. So meaning I needed something that was like seven units, right? Well, really, they don't really build seven units. Um, so the next one I found was an eight unit. And so I just slowly increased it that way. And then the next one was 10 units. Then it was 14 then 24, and then onward. So that's how you go about it, guys, small steps. Um, and some of you might be wondering, how long did it take to quit my full-time engineering job? It took me two years. Now, my journey is gonna be different than yours. It might take you even shorter. How's that, you know? Maybe you can be done in a year. For me, it took two years. It might take you longer too, who knows? Everyone has a different journey. For me, I was very like, gung-ho and it was almost like like you know when you dangle a carrot in front of a, a rabbit i was like i'm gonna get it and i'm gonna kill the person who's holding and dangling that carrot too <laughs> so that was kind of like my uh my passion and my determination of like i'm not letting go i am going after this full full on and it was as if my life and death depended on it so if that's how you feel about this i say go for it you will be very successful and the reason why i depended in as if it it was like life and death was because I thought, what do I have to lose in my like late 20s? Um, I'm not married yet. You know, I don't have kids. Uh, 
didn't have many mouths to feed in a sense, except for paying my parents' mortgage bill and just, you know, other random bills for them. So I thought, well, it's better to fail now than to fail later in life. Um, so if I have to crawl back to my engineering managers with my tail between my legs, I'd rather do it now. And so that was also my motivating factor of just like, what do I have to lose? Just jump in. Now, I understand that many of you are from different walks of life. And so maybe you have a family already. And so there's a lot more at stake. What I usually tell my clients in that situation, or maybe, you know, they're older, they're over uh, 65. And, you know, this is the last tail end of their year. So, of course, they're extremely cautious and conservative. I, t I ask them a question of, at the end of the day, will you regret not trying to invest? Will you look back in three to five years time and say, I should have just tried to know? If you feel that way, then you should. And I'm not saying you need to clear out your whole bank account and just go do it, but be smart, right? Because I don't know what your situation is. And maybe that's something you, you and I can sit down and we have a consultation on. Um, I'll give you an example. The other day, um, one, of my, uh, one, one of my clients, turns out, used to be um, my previous TA, who's so amazing. He was so friendly back then, um, still is. And he's going through a different life phase. He's about to, you know, settle down and have children. And so we worked on a different strategy, right? So it's going to be different for everyone. All I'm trying to say is that don't compare, right? Because it's not apples to apples at all. But I do know one thing, though, is when you put your heart and your mind and your soul to it, you will succeed at all costs. Because even if you stumble, you're going to get back up again, which leads me to tell you this, guys. Don't think that um, I've never failed on this. I mean, 10 years has been amazing. I, I'm not even sure uh, what's next. We're publishing a book this fall. So October 11th is the book launch date. Please buy it on Amazon. Give me five stars if you can. I would love to inspire more women, especially minority women, to join the force as well. And there are so many wonderful men, like male allies out there who are willing to help people like us out. They're willing to extend a hand. So I just want to be able to kind of have my voice on that platform. So if you guys, uh, you know, don't mind helping out, uh, buy the book, give a good rating or pass it on to your your niece, nephew or your brother or sister. And do me a favor. If you don't like the book and you think it's crap, it's all good. Please just recycle it. Save our earth <laughs> or donate it to someone else. When you're when you're doing something you love, creating things and helping your team achieve their own goals, their personal goals as well, um, trying your best to do that, other opportunities kind of fall into your lap. Truly, I just want to share with you guys that I'm rooting for you. Um, find your passion. Don't do it just because everyone is doing it and you think it's like the best thing to do because it's going to become a chore. And that's the goal of life is to find what you're passionate about. I'm lucky that I love this stuff and I and I'm learning that I'm learning to love other things, too, and be open to it. Thanks so much for listening to me, guys. And I hope to meet you, whether it's virtually or in person one day. And you guys, you got this. Just take that first step. Love to hear from your stories. Don't forget to share them with me. We're here for you. Thanks.